The youngest was a boy, his initiate's robe ripped and muddied. Although his legs trembled, he stood tall and met the general's gaze squarely. Silently, Giari chanted his admiration. The general clapped his hands, and both girls were hurled to the ground. He twined his fingers into the hair of the eldest and jerked her head up, laughing as he made a vulgar hand gesture. Just tell us, the spy said. Tell us about the plates, and we will let your miserable village rot in peace. The priest's lips trembled slightly, a single tear rolling from beneath his sunken eyelids. Death holds few terrors for you, the spy whispered. But these are just children. Children who need you to think clearly, sanely. His voice was almost brotherly. The eldest girl screamed piteously, fingernails ripping at the tiles beneath her. One of the soldiers knocked the boy to the floor. With a vicious laugh, the spy raised the back of the stained robe. The air hissed as a sliver of shadow flashed from above. Before the chunky figure could complete his action, he was falling, gagging on his own blood, clawing at the feathered shaft which jutted from his throat. Another hiss. A second arrow was through the priest's chest before anyone could turn. The general whipped his sword from its scabbard in a blur of iron, shattering one of the two torches. Shadows devoured the temple. Giari cursed his own impetuousness, then let the third arrow fly in the direction of the general. He wiggled up through the rafters to the slit in the roof and pushed out into the night. The sun-baked brick walls of Kalarangpur were shattered, her woven reed buildings sputtering with flame. Sparks and bits of ash filled the air, spiraling like burning snowflakes. Her people littered the streets, sad, dark bundles drifting in the embrace of the river Ganges. Drunken soldiers reeled through the streets, backs and arms sagging with loot. Giari clambered down the roof, sliding along one of the support poles until he reached the edge. He tightened his leg muscles, closed his eyes to blot out the light, and whispered, Sun Eagle, your wings, before leaping seventeen feet to the next roof. His feet struck the crude tile with a crunch. He skittered along the edge until he was once again in darkness. Soldiers streamed out of the temple, surrounding it, screaming up at the empty roof. Of course he had to be there. The leap to the next roof was impossible. Giari smiled grimly. The knight was his friend, his lover, and soon he was lost in its arms. In the mountains north of Kalirangpur, hidden among the peaks like a gilded bird's nest, stood a city. Beyond its gold-veined walls were mirrored domes and jeweled spires that grazed the clouds, temples with arched roofs, houses of cut stone, granaries of kiln-cured brick. On the sheer granite wall behind the city, titanic bulls and tigers contorted in mortal dance. On a platform atop the highest tower stood two men. The taller of them was also the elder. His face was graven with age, and seemed somehow an infinity of visages joined into one. All of the joy known to man was etched in that face, all of the sorrow, and all of the hope.
Every fractional tilt of his head brought to life another combination of light and shadow and texture, another personality, such that his appearance changed subtly from moment to moment. His name was Amarakan. His forked beard was a pale, fluttering wisp. The robe that rippled in the chill wind was undyed, extravagant only in the fineness of its weave. His eyes were fixed on the southern ridge of mountains, a stubble, a ring of dead, broken teeth. Smoke curled over them poisonously, muddying the sky. Soon, Khan said quietly. As he spoke, his face seemed that of the wisest and saddest of the gods. Soon, Padishah joins her sisters. Save yourself. We were fools. He drew his cloak more tightly across his shoulders.